All right, welcome back to the Canine Performance Podcast, where it's our mission to help you live the best life possible with your dog, guaranteed. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie. And today, Natalie, what are we talking about? We are going to be talking about building confidence in your dog. Building confidence in our dogs. And, you know, before we kind of dive into things, why is confidence such a crucial component of, or a crucial trait in our dogs? You know, why is that important? Well, because with a lack of confidence, what you have is typically a very nervous dog and nervous dogs tend to be reactive or aggressive towards their environment. Um, It makes living life with your dog very difficult. Um, Not only that, you don't have their focus, you don't have their attention because their mind is not focused on you, it's focused on all of their different triggers. And so having a dog that's more confident, you can live a better life with them. Um, They'll be more obedient and they'll live a better life because them operating in in a mindset uh, lacking with confidence, it's not a very good place for them to live in. Very interesting. And I think it's kind of interesting because uh, we actually just got another board intern today named Ollie. And I think you were mentioning earlier that this is going to be probably one of the most important uh, factors that goes into his board and train program is really building and developing that confidence. So, you know, before we jump into some of the ways that you might be able to work with Ollie in that regard, you know, what are, what is a high level overview of confidence as it relates to dogs and you know, what are we going to be diving into tonight? Feel free to kind of take the floor here. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, tonight I really want to talk about the different ways that we can build confidence in our dog and give you guys that are at home listening to this, some actionable tips to start working on those today. Um, and for the dog that we got today for the board and train Ollie, um, I went on a walk with him and, you know, I can definitely see how his nervousness and his insecurity, anxiety is really impacting his owners. It was very difficult to go on a simple mile long walk. It took almost 40 minutes instead of my normal, you know, 18 to 20 minutes to go on a mile long walk just because he was so nervous and skittish and, um, in a change in his environment, he started fighting at the leash. He was reactive and and barking at people. And for his owners, I, I know that that can, you know, be somewhat of, you know, it's anxiety inducing for an owner. It can be embarrassing. It can be frustrating. And for the dog, they operate out of, like I had already mentioned, just a a bad mental headspace. Um, but then again, you know, on our mile walk, it was a little frustrating because I know that he's not getting the type of exercise that he needs and he's a pretty energetic dog, but because he was so nervous, it took forever to get anywhere during our walk. So what are some of the way, like, why is it that dogs lack that confidence? You know, what are some of the factors that go into resulting in a dog that has low confidence or I guess the opposite of that, you know, why, why are there dogs that show signs of insecurity and, you know, what does that manifest in? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, you know, it comes down to a couple different factors. One of them is a lack of exposure to their environment. You know, they weren't exposed to a lot of people, a lot of dogs, new places, new scenarios and situation during the critical development period, which is during puppyhood, you know, eight weeks when they're separated from their mother, probably all the way up until about eight months to a year old. They're just a sponge and they're soaking in all that different information. And so all the way up, I would say, you know, more towards eight weeks to five to six months. Um, it's really important for dogs to be 
socialized as much as possible. So that way they get all of those reps in of new exposure to different situations, but also making sure that those experiences are positive. And if a dog has negative experiences during the critical development period, it can lead to a dog that has an aversion to those situations. Um, for example, this dog doesn't seem like he particularly likes men. And so maybe he wasn't socialized a lot to men. And so he has an aversion to them because he's like, oh, I don't, you know, they're kind of big, they're intimidating. Uh, typically men's body language is um, more tense and dogs can really sense that. Another thing is that some dogs just genetically have a predisposition to be very nervy dogs. I would say Atlas is a mixture of his genetics make him a very nervous dog. And also I think that we could have done a better job of socializing him as well and bringing him out more in public. So I think that those are the two biggest factors when it comes to um, why a dog could lack confidence. Awesome. Well, I guess to jump right into things, you know, if we want to avoid having a nervy dog or we want to try and mitigate the nerviness of our dogs, um, what are some of the first initial things that we can start doing to build that confidence in them? Yeah. So if you find yourself with a, with a dog or you're going to get a dog, it's really important to, like we, like I had already mentioned, to bring them out into as many situations as possible, but having it in a structured and controlled way. So I don't mean to take your dog with you everywhere that you go and then have every single person that you meet come up to your dog, every single dog that you meet come up to your dog. Um, it's important to have those, but like in our other podcast before, to have that in a structured and controlled way. So getting them out as much as possible. Now, if you have a dog that's a lot older and they're not in the critical development period. Maybe you have a five-year-old dog who's very nervous and jumpy um, and they lack a lot of that confidence. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do that we're going to hop into, but it's still the same of getting them out into those environments. But um, I have some actionable tips if we just want to jump into it. Oh, let's jump right on it. <laughs> okay. So the first thing is going to be establishing that clear communication system. Because if you don't have a way to communicate with your dog, if you go out into public, into situations where you need to um, have them focus on you because they are nervous, if you can't talk to them and they don't understand what you are saying, what you're trying to get them to do, then they're going to be pretty much, they're, they're going to feel like they're out in the wild west and they're fending for themselves. So setting up a clear communication system. So that means our marker words of yes, good, no, and then teaching those basic commands. So sit, down. Um, you know, for some people, they like the wait command. Um, all of mine are implied stays. So creating that clear communication system first is super critical. Mm. Yeah. And I can see, um, how that could be important because even as a, as a human, you know, and any of that are listening out there can probably relate to this. If you've ever traveled outside of the country or been in a new place where you knew no one, um, it's pretty anxiety inducing if you, don't know how to communicate with the people around you. If you can't, I remember the first time we, I went to Portugal or when we went to Spain and you can't read the signs and you're trying to figure out where you're trying to go and you just have no map and you have no idea how to do it. It builds anxiety. It makes you frustrated and it can make you act differently than you normally would if you had that clarity and that peace of mind. So I can uh, see why that's so important. So what would be the next 
step in building that confidence. Yeah, definitely. And that was a super good analogy. I, I really like that because uh, now I'm thinking back, <laughs> I'm thinking back to our, our trip to Spain and not only was it, it kind of scary of being like, Oh, like we have to, you know, get to this train or we're trying to find our hotel. So not only is it kind of scary and you know, it does make you nervous, but it's also really, really frustrating. So I, you know, these dogs that are nervous and fearful, there's a very fine line in between, you know, being timid and shy and running away, or they're going to cross that very thin line and, you know, being aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in a foreign country and some big person in a cloak comes up to you, you know, <laughs> it might not be Hagrid. He might not be taking you to Hogwarts. He might be there to hurt you and you, know, you might react negatively. So, um, I can see why even a dog would do the same. Uh, yeah, definitely. And so the next thing is after you establish that clear communication system, teaching them, you know, yes, good, no, teaching them actual useful skills. Um, I am a huge fan of teaching your dog new things, but you know, the spin command, uh, might not be all that useful when they're in a really stressful situation. You don't want them spinning in circles. You want them to to do something that's functional. So teaching them to have a reliable sit stay, teaching them how to have a reliable um, down stay. Um, you know, if you're walking, teaching them how to have that structured walk where they're on their left hand side and you hold them accountable to that. So teaching those basic things because in these stressful situations, the dog is thinking about so many different things at once and you want to give them a job. You want them you want to give them one job. If I'm walking down the street and there's a trigger that is going to be approaching, I want my dog to know, I want you to stay in the heel position and I'm going to hold you accountable to that. So now all that they have to think about is what is this person, you know, coming to me? I'm nervous. I'm scared. Should I go behind? Should I go to the left? Should I bark at them? Should I lunge at them? All these different things. All that they have to focus on is just staying on my left hand side, not lunging, not barking, not doing anything because I've taught them that functional skill. So teaching them that functional skill and using our clear communication system. Um, but not only that, but the really key thing is holding them accountable. So I can tell that with this dog right now, he's very nervous and he's very jumpy and he's super smart. Like he, we were doing some stuff in the garage and he was, he's very food motivated. He, he knows what's up. He knows his basic commands, but, um, he hasn't been held accountable to them. So when we were out on a walk and there was children approaching and I saw that he was nervous, I put him into a sit, but he has had no level of accountability. And so when the children got closer, he got scared and he started to run behind me. And so that's something that I'm going to be helping him a lot more is that I'm going to teach him with my clear communication and tell him you're in this sit and I'm going to hold you accountable to that. All I want you to do is just sit. I'm not asking you for anything else. I'm not asking you for really big behaviors. I just want you to sit. That's it. That's all. So I imagine that that relates back to uh, the fifth pillar of dog training, which is that relationship and that leadership. Um, because if that dog doesn't see you as a leader or doesn't see you as an authoritative pack leader in that, and you know, they're not going to really respect um, your authority and they're not going to be willing to be held accountable, um, which is going to ultimately result in that lack of confidence and them kind of deciding what they're going to do on their own, which is generally not a, not a good thing. Yeah, so. for sure. And, you know, to, I don't know if this will be a good analogy, but to play off the analogy that you had said of, you know, when you go to Spain, if you have a tour guide, 
but they're acting really shady and you know, they don't communicate very clearly and they haven't I'm taken you to exactly, exactly. You, you don't want to, you're like, this person has no idea what they're doing. I'm better off on my own. And you don't want that for your dog. You want to show them that they should listen to you, give them a good reason why, because you're a fair and assertive leader and you have a relationship with them built on a foundation of trust and consistency and clear communication and motivation, all of our good pillars of dog training um, and holding them accountable. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So what would be your next tip for people out there that want to practice instilling this confidence in their dogs? Yeah, there's two other things that I would say is to, or actually three, is one of them is to help them overcome obstacles um, you know, by giving them this job. So for example, uh, now I know that men and children are going to be a trigger for this dog, Ollie, for the board and train. So I'm going to teach him what I want and I'm going to use clear communication and I'm going to hold him accountable and I'm going to put him in situations that are stressful and I'm going to show him nothing bad is going to happen to him. I'm going to help him overcome these obstacles that men can walk by you and nothing's going to happen. Children can be playing off in the distance. Nothing's going to happen. Dogs can pass by you. Nothing is going to happen. And through those repetitions of me showing him and coaching him through these obstacles, it helps gain that confidence for him that he knows that nothing's going to happen. Like I don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. And and I get that. But at the same time, you know, just saying it, you know, you know, I guess, what are some of the actual action steps? Cause it's, it's easy in theory to say, well, I'm going to put him in these situations and, and, you know, coach him through them. But what does that coaching actually look like? If I'm at home, say I have a, a crazy dog and I'm like, I want to do this, but I am nervous to put him in those situations because I don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. What are the things that people can do to actually have progress there to actually have the confidence themselves to put their dogs in that situation and not be worried about what might happen. Yeah. And I think what we had already talked about, about teaching them those commands and then holding them accountable for that. So when we go outside with Ollie of, you know, having those men or children pass, having him go into a sit, holding him accountable. So that means that if he gets up from his sit, I tell him no, and then I'm going to replace him back into that sit. And if he already knows the behavior, so I will give him a correction because I'm correcting him for breaking that command for that movement. I'm not correcting his state of mind, which is nervousness. I'm holding him accountable to holding that sit position or that heel position or that down position, whatever it may be in that amount of time. And not only that for in these situations of helping them overcome obstacles, but another crucial part of getting a dog to have more confidence is to practice the art of doing nothing. These dogs that are very nervous are very jumpy. They're typically thinking about a lot of different stuff. And so helping them practice having a calm state of mind. Um, and that starts in the home. So I teach the climb command. You may be familiar with the place command, but teaching that has tremendously huge benefits. Having your dog just sit in one place and that's their only job. They just need to just be on an elevated dog bed and that's all they need to do. What that does is that it helps them calm their mind more. And through repetitions of doing that, they can practice the art of doing nothing, doggy meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that helps them a lot. It, it recenters them just like yoga and meditation does that for humans. It does the same thing for dogs as well. 
Yeah, so I think there was actually a good question that popped up um, as we've been kind of chatting here from Instagram Live. Steph B. Clement asks, what kind of correction in the case of Ollie if he were to leave the the sit stay? Excellent question. And it depends on what phase of our training that we're in. So right now, I wouldn't expect anything of him because he just got here today. I need to build that foundation with him. I need to build that relationship. But say in seven days, if I were to put him into a sit and if he were to leave that sit stay, um, if he was wearing a prong collar, then I would give a prong collar correction. Um, if he was wearing an e-collar, then I would give an e-collar correction. And it would depend um, on the situation. So it it depends on the uh, where you are in the learning process, where you are in the training process, and the situation that the dog is in. Very cool. Um, so I guess what would be your third tip? I know you mentioned there was another Oh one. yes. The other thing is to, if you start practicing the place command or the climb command and doing that in duration in the house, start asking your dog to do that, to do a climb command outside. That is a huge beneficial thing for dogs to get up onto different types of surfaces, different heights of surfaces, and to hold that command, it's a huge confidence boost for them. So when we were working with Dude out in Texas, he had a really hard time getting up onto those uh, park benches because they were made out of, um, what were they made? Aluminum, or yeah, steel. So it was a slippery surface. It probably didn't feel like a great texture. It wasn't a very wide surface, so it was scary for him. But then once he got up once, he was like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely, I can do this. And we were able to watch him of, you know, being able to go up to any park bench and then get up onto a climb. And it really helped develop him in other ways. Um, And so that's another excellent way to build confidence in your dog is to practice the climb command on different surfaces, make it more challenging, build that confidence. Okay, very cool. So I guess to recap everything, if you had to put this into three steps to building confidence for your dog, what would those three things be in a progression so that people can start practicing this? Yes. I would say create your clear communication system. We have a lot of resources on doing marker training. So create that uh, marker training, teach them functional skills. So your sit stay, your down stay, uh, your heel position, and then practice doing the place or the climb command. So that way you can do that in the home for long periods of time and do that doggy meditation, but then also practice that outside to build your confidence. And those are the three things that I would say. So then once they have that place or climb command kind of locked down and they've practiced it inside of their home and potentially in non-distracting environments outside, um, they can kind of progress towards maybe doing that in more populated areas Absolutely. or, you know, outside of the dog park, but near dogs and in other high distraction areas where they can start to get the reps in of, you yeah. know, overcoming those nerves and uh, building that confidence. Yeah. And what that does is it really helps strengthen the bond and the relationship in between you and the dog, because you're coaching them through these situations. You're telling them these different commands, you're holding them accountable, and they're going to start looking to you for leadership and guidance in all of those situations that they're nervous and fearful. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have for this episode of the Canine Performance Podcast. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at canine underscore performance. You can find us at the web at www.canineperformancecoach.com. And you can find us on YouTube where you can watch plenty of videos on 
creating clear communication, on establishing your leadership, on practicing the climb command, and much, much more by just searching Natalie Dobkins or Canine Performance Coach on YouTube. So without further ado, this has been Matt Hubble and Natalie, and we will see you guys on the next one.